Well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, choir. Thank our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship. So I uh, thank you for being worshipers this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we want to look at verse 17 through 19. I appreciate Kyle singing that song. going to be sharing with you a sermon this morning. I just simply entitled, Say, Good, uh, Say Goodbye uh, to Your Fears. Well, I called Kyle, and I said, well, this is giving him an order of service where he could type it out for those guys in the back and in the video room. And so I'm going to be preaching on fear. And he said, well, I've got a song I picked up a month or so ago and may go good with that sermon. So uh, I'd like to change the title of my sermon to Fear is a Liar. But anyway, it could, could go both ways. Saying goodbye to, to your fears is what we want to learn how to do. And so if you would stand with me as I read the text, 1 John 4, 17 through 19, going to be reading out the New King James Version this morning. 1 John 4, verse 17, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to share your word. Be with me as I preach this morning. I pray, Lord, you'll give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Pray, Lord, that you'll touch hearts as your word goes out today. I know that your promise in your word. We know that it will not return void. And so we ask that you'd bless your word today as it touches our hearts. May we make the, de the decisions that we need to make today being led by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and please be seated. I'm sure perhaps that most of all of you would agree that fear is, is pretty pervasive, pretty common thing in our society today. Uh, there are a number of fears. There's different classifications of fears, uh, a, a number of fears and a number of phobias. There is the mysophobia, which is the fear of dirt, mysophobia. The fear of dirt. I, I don't know any children that have mysophobia. They're not afraid of dirt. Hydrophobia, you know what that is. That's the fear of water. Then you have acrophobia. Acrophobia, I suffer from that just a little. It's a fear of high places. High places. We went to the Smokies and there at the island. We had the big Ferris wheel. And I enjoyed standing on the ground watching Judy and Canaan go around and around. I'm just not one for Ferris wheels, especially the 300-foot type Ferris wheels. Uh, you have toxophobia. Toxophobia is being afraid of being buried alive. You have xenophobia. That's mentioned a lot in the news today, and that's the fear of strangers. And then you have claustrophobia. Amen, Brother Terry, claustrophobia. Claustrophobia is I'm fear of confined places, those tight places. So the point is, we live in a world, really, that's very fearful. 
But we also have to remember that God's people are not immune from fear. Just because we're a Christian doesn't mean that we're not from time to time be, be subjected to fear or have fear. So what we want to deal with this morning is how can we deal with this, this fear in our lives? How can we deal with fear in our lives? And so we want to take God's inspired, infallible, inerrant word and see how God instructs us to deal with our fears. It's a short outline, but you're going to have to listen real quick. And so how to deal with fears in our lives. First, we should not let fear limit us. We should not let fear limit us. Now, if you look at verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we, have, we may have boldness in the day of judgment. He uses that word boldness, and that word boldness means confidence. It means confident. It, it literally means here to have face-to-face -face confidence without fear. To have face-to-face -face confidence without fear. Literally, a boldness to stand in the very presence of God in confidence. You know, one day you're going to be standing before God, either at the judgment seat of Christ, Christians, as we receive the rewards, or not, we don't receive rewards, but we'll stand before Jesus there in regards to being judged as Christians, not for salvation, but for the rewards and, and the crowns that we'll receive. And then there's the great white throne judgment for the unbeliever. But for the Christian, we can have boldness in the day of judgment, because if you'll notice, because as he is, verse 17, so are we in the world. And we'll look at that a little more deep in just a few minutes. But in verse 17, notice how he starts out. He says, love has been perfected among us in this. And he uses the word perfected, and that, the word perfected there speaks of something that is mature. Love has been perfected. Love has been brought to maturity. Love uh, it's also is a word meaning uh, complete. God, uh, the, he says the word uh, love has been perfected. Uh, it has been made complete, it's, it's matured, it's reached its intended goal. And so he says, love has been perfected, it's reached its intended goal. So when the Bible says it's been perfected, it means that God's love has reached its intended goal, and that goal means that God loves you, and that love of God moved him to send his Son, his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to this world, to die on the cross for your sins, my sins, the entire world's sins, to pay our sin debt, to become our substitute. And then he loved us so much, it moved him to send his Holy Spirit to draw us unto himself. And then when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him into our hearts as our Lord and Savior, then he abides in our hearts uh, forever and forever. So the Lord Jesus came to live in our hearts. And so when you, have the, when you read the context, read this chapter in its entirety, you'll find the context prior to verse 17 is about love. You'll find this, these verses are about God's love, and the verses following are about God's love. And so if you have the Lord Jesus Christ living in you, the love of God is in you. That's amazing. The ultimate goal of the love of God for your life is this, that He sent His Son to die for you, that He sent His Holy Spirit to draw you to Himself, 
And that when you receive Christ, God came to live in you. And when God came to live in you because He's in you, that means you've passed from death unto life. You've passed from darkness unto light. And from judgment to a position where there is no more condemnation. The Bible says, For there is no condemnation who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. And so the Christian reaches a point where there's no condemnation. Once you're saved, you don't have to worry about that great white throne judgment we'll talk about in just a few minutes. And so the ultimate aim of God's love for you is for you to have no fear concerning the coming judgment, that great white throne judgment, because the judgment of God on your sins as a Christian has already taken place. Look at verse 17, if you will. He says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. The point is, there's coming a day of judgment. Now, the judgment is described, that's coming in this verse, is described over in Revelation. God is love. People say, well, I don't know about this judgment thing. I thought God was love. Well, God is love, but also God uh, is just. And so if you reject Jesus Christ, you're going to have to face the justice of God. And so it's, it's a great white throne judgment. And Jesus is going to be seated on that throne. And it's a great white throne. It's white simply because of the holiness of the place and the person, Jesus Christ. And so Christ who came to save and was rejected by uh, uh, mankind will be the one sitting on the throne, the great white throne, and those who have rejected Christ, will be, he will be gazing upon them. So the point is, Jesus Christ will set in judgment over those who reject his love, reject his mercy, and reject his invitation, that little tug, that little knock at your heart's door to receive Christ. Look, if you will, Revelation chapter 20. Brother Mike Norton's done a great job uh, through the past couple of months sharing about uh, uh, prophecy, and he's dealt with these passages, uh, Revelation chapter 20. Notice this great white throne judgment for the unbeliever. He says, Then I saw a great white throne there in verse 11, chapter 20, and him who sat on it from whose faith whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the small and the great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, which was in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to their works." Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And notice 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so there's coming a judgment, a great white throne judgment for all unbelievers. And the Bible says that those who reject Jesus Christ will be there. The rich the poor, the powerful, those that are not so powerful, they're going to stand before him. And the Bible says that every member of the human race, those in years past, 
those most recently passed, those in the future to come perhaps that die without Jesus Christ, those that have never been redeemed, never been saved, never been born again, they're going to be standing there in front of that great white throne. And the Bible says the books will be opened. Now, not just a book, but books will be opened. Now, first book, the book of life. The book of life. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your name's written in the book of life. If you rejected Christ, your name won't be there. Let me say this. Someone said it's not written in an erasable link, but your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's not erasable, my friend. Listen, your name's been added to the book if you're a Christian. If you've trusted Christ, your name is written in that book. Now, it doesn't matter uh, if your name's written in the uh, Walk of Fame there in Hollywood. I noticed a couple of weeks ago or last week there was some person that took a pickaxe and went down and, 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 and defamed and, and just tore up the Donald Trump's name there in the, in the uh, uh, Walk of Fame. Uh, my name's not in the Walk of Fame. I don't believe your name's in the Walk of Fame. Uh, I don't believe anybody here unless somebody slipped in. We haven't seen them yet. Their name's not in the walk of fame. Your name may not be on an on a Oscar. Your name may not be trailing the movie script where you start in a movie. Your, may, your name may not be there. May not be, your name uh, may have not been added to the Nobel Prize list. And, and, the, and the list goes on and on. What really matters, here's the point, what really matters when life is over is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It can be written everywhere else on this old world, but if you miss the Lamb's book of life, you've missed life altogether, eternal life. And you'll have, you'll, uh, you'll have a place in a place called hell that's been prepared for those who have rejected Jesus Christ. But you will have bonus in the day of judgment because you know that you're not going to be standing there because your name is recorded in heaven. So you don't have to worry about that great white throne. So a book, a book of life, a book of works. Some people think you have to work to, uh, to get to heaven, and you do good works. God, you know, God may list all your good works, but you'll find out in the end that your works are as filthy rags, and the only way you're going to get to heaven is not through your works, but by trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And then the Word of God is going to be there. It's going to be there. Any excuse that you bring why you didn't trust Jesus Christ, I'm sure Jesus will just turn to the Word, and He'll answer your excuse right out of the Word of God. And so the books are going to be open. Judgment is coming. That's the point. If you've not trusted Jesus Christ, you're going to stand before that great white throne judgment. And, and all of the lost will be cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation 20, verse 15. But today... Some good news. Today, if you trust Jesus Christ, you will have boldness to stand. You'll have confidence to stand before God on that day. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know, before my dad passed away, he and I had a good talk about a week before he passed away. And we just sat there and talked about, faith, about death and we talked about his funeral. I've spoken to some of you about your funeral. Brother Ralph has shared with me his request about his funeral. 
uh, how can you do that? How could Dad share with me about dying? How could Brother Ralph share with me about dying? Because they have boldness in that day. They're not afraid. They have boldness because the love of God has been perfected, matured in their life. You see, the love of God has been perfected in them, and, and, it, and it, it has reached that ultimate goal in their life, and the point to where when the Spirit called them to Christ, Ralph, my dad, and others that I've spoken to, responded to the Spirit's calling. And because of that, they have boldness in this day, in the day of death. Their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, and when, they, when my dad died and when Brother Ralph dies, he's going to be absent from the body and he's going to be present with the Lord. And friend, listen, that is comfort. That is real comfort. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear eternity. You don't have to... You, the Bible says that we have boldness, verse 17, in that day. Christians, don't fear the past because your past are covered by the blood of Jesus. Your past sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. Don't, don't fear the future because you don't have to stand before the judgment seat of God. You, ha you can have boldness in that day. But you say, well, Brother Samuel, what about right now? Well, don't let your fear limit you right now. Some of you are allowing your fears to limit you right now, and your fears are kindly holding you back from what you need to be doing and how you should be living. You say, well, how can I keep my fears from holding, limiting me right now? Well, look at verse 17. This is so good. He says in verse 17, let me read the, at the beginning. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And here's why you don't want fear to limit you right now. Because as he is... So are we in this world. As He is, so are we. As He is, as Jesus is, as a Christian, so am I in this world. You say, well, how is Jesus? Well, Jesus is okay. Nothing wrong with Jesus. He's okay. Uh, the, the condemnation that was on Jesus prior to the cross, He went to the cross and all of our sins were placed upon Jesus and and my sins, your sins, the entire world sinned, and suddenly uh, the wrath of God, Jesus experienced the wrath of God, and Jesus said, it's finished. And that condemnation was removed off of me, placed upon Jesus. He died for my sins, and when I trusted him, there is no condemnation on me right now, friend, if you're a child of God. Jesus cried, it's finished. God accepted that sacrifice, and to prove that, God raised him from the dead. And so... Jesus is okay. Well, where is Jesus? Well, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. That's where He is. Jesus is living in my heart. That's where He is. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is courageous. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is holy. Jesus is not condemned. Jesus is glorified. Jesus is exalted. And the Bible says, now watch this, as He is, so are you. Meaning that you have His life, you're already seated with Him in the, in the heavenlies. You're victorious as a Christian, you're courageous as a Christian, you're powerful as a Christian, you're holy, you're, you're seeking His holiness as a Christian, you're not condemned, you're, you're separated for Him unto good works. 
You're, you're as Jesus, the living Jesus Christ, represents us in heaven, and you and I represent Him here on earth. Just as He is in heaven, you are on earth. Verse 17. So when the Bible talks about His love being perfected in us, uh, it means that, that I can have boldness to face the judgment. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I've missed that great white throne. I can rejoice in that. And then it means that God has perfected his love and that he lives in us. And we can really love him. We can, uh, we can love our fellow man, love fellow believers. Look at verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? And so when I love God, that love's perfected, me loving God, I should be loving my, my fellow man. I should be loving my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's where I need some spiritual growth, I guess. Some maturity to love like I need to love. Kind of reminded me of a, a little girl and a little, her and her little brother just fought all the time and and she loved him, but they fought all the time. He loved her, but they fought all the time. And, and so they really loved each other. And so one day he had a birthday, and she sent him a card. And, and she said, uh, I want to thank God for giving me a brother like you. And, and I want to thank you for, for being my brother. And, and if you read this card out loud, I'm going to paint your head off. And so <laughs> you get that way at times. You want to love people, but sometimes you like to just paint your head off, I guess. But uh, I need to be more sanctified in that uh, loving brothers, I guess. No, I want to love everybody. So the passage teaches that this, it's all about spiritual maturity. It's not how, how much Bible you know, but it, it's really how much Bible that you're doing in your life. He wants us to love one another, and we need to be mature in that love in that area. And so the love of God is, is not something that that uh, we just study about. It's not something that God's love is, it's not something we just sit in a class and study about, but it's something that we do. It's something that we not only say, but it's something that we show. We show the love of God as a believer. So this morning as a believer, you need to say goodbye to your fears and uh, don't allow your fears to limit you. And real quick, I've got to run with this. Real quick, uh, the last point is we have to, we can... Uh, Say goodbye to our fears and not let them, not let fear torment us. Jot that down. Not let fear torment us. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Punishment, I believe King James says. Fear involves torment, New King James. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You see, faith and fear cannot coexist. Faith and fear cannot flourish together. Where there's faith, then fear flees. The Bible says there in verse 18, perfect love cast out. The word cast means it ejects fear because fear involves torment, it says. It involves punishment. The point is fear, fear leaves me when I remind myself what I am in Christ. Fear leaves me, it, it flees when I remind myself that I'm, go, I'm going to heaven and I'm not going to hell. 
Uh, I'm not going to face the judgment of God because I'm a child of God, and I trusted Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and to save me. But on a daily basis, that old devil may put some fears in you, just put them in your mind to torment you. Now, with that said, some of you perhaps are going through some fears right now. Some of you are fearful about some things right now. But if you put your faith in Christ, that means you're willing to trust Him. You belong to Him. You're a child of God. You can trust Him to take care of you. You don't have to be afraid. He who fears, he says, has not been made perfect in love. Uh, if you're full of fear, then you... If you're full of fear, then you're probably at a standstill in your Christian life because you're afraid. It, it's paralyzed you. Uh, you're not being perfected or matured because your fears in your life are, are paralyzing you. Now, some of you may be afraid of losing your job. Some of you may be afraid of problems in your family. There's no problems in your family, but you're afraid one day there may be. You may be afraid of what might happen might be afraid you have a fear about your health, a fear about failure, a fear about people, a fear about things, or fear about the past. Fear is simply based on the unknown. And so knowing that you're full of fear, then that's paralyzed you. But you have a choice this morning as I close. Perfect love. I focus on who I am in Christ. This is the choice I make. I focus on who I am in Christ. Jesus is living in me. He's at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that He's in me. And as He is, so I am in this world. And since I'm loved by God without condition, since Christ is living in me, the love of God is in me. And then if that be the case, I'm going to focus on the love of God and the God of love instead of fear. I'm going to renew my mind and the way I think about God, the way I think about fear. And I'm going to, I'm going to get aggressive with fear. fear. Fear will mess you up emotionally. Fear will mess you up spiritually. It will quench the spirit in your life. It will paralyze you where you're not, you won't be able to grow in Christ. Fear. It will mess you up uh, physically. People get sick because of fear. It'll fill your mind with negative things when we need to fill our minds with the promises of God and the love of God and who God is and what God has said. We need to fight our fears, period. We need to be aggressive in fighting fears. I got to thinking about the worst thing that could happen to me. You know what that is? The worst thing that could happen to me is for me to die. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't want that, but when I think about that, automatically I thought about being absent from the body and being present with the Lord. But until that day, I know that He loves me, He talks with me, He guides me, He's given me His Word, He's given me His promises. Why in the world am I worried about the unknown? So whenever I get to the unknown, based on past experiences, God's going to give me the grace to go through whatever that I come in contact with or whatever that I face. Paul said it this way. Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh, and he asked the Lord to remove it three times, and the Lord refused to. But the Lord said this, My grace is sufficient for you. And so when I come to that unknown, whatever it is, I know God's grace is going to pick up, and He's going to carry me through that. God 
always gets us through it. Please remember that. And so the point is, get aggressive, get aggressive, eject fear in your life. Close with a couple of illustrations. Uh, Judy <clears throat> hates mice. I mean, she hates mice. I'm not I'm particularly fond of, of them myself, but she hates mice. And I remember years ago, we hadn't been that too far back, the little mouse came into our living room uh, during the fall, right at the beginning of the fall. You know how they'll run in from time to time. And, and that mouse came in, and when the mouse came in, she went out. And she, she said, I'm not coming back till you get rid of that mouse. And so, uh, I mean, what do you do? You know, I'll, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll put out those sticky pads. She didn't want the sticky pads. I put out a trap. That trap's not big enough. I reckon she thought it was a gopher that came through. It was just a little small mouse. And so, anyway, she wouldn't be satisfied until I'd killed that mouse, showed it to her in a dustpan, and she watched me as I carried it out and threw it out in the woods, side of our yard. I had to get aggressive with that mouse. You know, I heard an illustration about a pilot. And he was, he was flying a, a jet, and he heard a gnawing, and he, he just knew it was a mouse. Have you ever heard that gnawing at night? Have you ever heard paper crumpling or something, you know? And you know it's, well, it's probably a mouse in there, and you start to get up, and it stops, kind of like it's watching you, like you're trying to find it. And so this pilot was flying his plane, and he got to thinking, if that mouse chews, if he begins to chew so hard and he chews through a cable, then I'll probably crash. And so he said, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just fly higher. And so he went higher and he went higher and he went higher and he went higher. And he got so high that the atmosphere killed the rat. It killed the rat. And so when we have those fears in our life, if we'll go higher, if we'll go higher and higher and higher, if we'll go higher and pray higher, and if we'll look higher and we'll reach higher, and, and we'll set our heart on higher things, the atmosphere of heaven will kill that rat of fear. So we have to realize when the fear comes, we have to go high. We can say goodbye to our fears. Don't let them limit you. Don't let them torment you. Judgment's coming for those who reject Christ. God is love, but God's also just. But today, God wants you to have boldness in that day. He wants you to have boldness. And so this morning, the Holy Spirit's calling you. And like Ralph did, like my father did, and so many more, when the Holy Spirit calls, then you need to run to Jesus. And I pray you'll do that today. Say goodbye to your fears. Don't allow your fears to limit you and torment you. And you can experience God's perfected love and that He sent His Son down the cross. He paid our sin debt. He loves us. He lives within us. And He will help you conquer your fear. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank You for an opportunity we've had to come into this place and to study Your Word and, Lord, to realize that we can say goodbye to our fears, that we can choose not to allow them to limit us, and not allow them to torment us. And Lord, that we know that we can have victory over those things in our lives that we're afraid of. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name.